This is Raptors Game Night on TSN 1050. The Raptors live here. Siakam drives underneath to Ananobi. Kick out Danny Green. Three. Got it down the bottom of the well for Danny Green. 83-58 Toronto. Green four of seven from three. He's got 12 points. Good night for Danny Green, but he wasn't the star performer, let's be honest. Serge Ibaka, Pascal Siakam, Kyle Lowry, that three-headed monster taking out the great LeBron James. A season low in points for LeBron with 18. Strangely enough, buried on the bench late as the Lakers went on some kind of run, but the Raptors hold on for a 121-107 victory over the Lakers this night. This is the post-game show. Tangerine Raptors basketball across the TSN radio network. Gareth Wheeler alongside Dwayne Watson and Josh Bloomberg. Have a thought? Have a comment on tonight's game? At Wheeler TSN at Dwayne Watson at JLU 1050. The text is 105050. The email live at TSN 1050.ca. The question was tonight how the, how the Raptors would be able to slow down LeBron James and the Lakers with no Kawhi Leonard in the lineup. No Kawhi, no problem because players like Pascal Siakam. OG Ananobi and company stepped up tonight on the defensive end. And from an offensive perspective, the combination of a Bach and Lowry, unstoppable, Dwayne. What was more impressive to you, the defensive play on LeBron and the Lakers or the offensive output by Ibaka and Lowry? I got to say the offense because this team has showed they could be sound defensively when it needs to be. But the way these guys started this game, um, you know, the balance, Ibaka not missing a shot. Pascal giving that offense with his activity and flourishes. And I think that the offensive outbursts really impressed me more so than defense. They did what they did, but they had LeBron trying to catch up and play defense on these guys, supposed to worry and focusing on them. And I think that was, they really pushed, they, they, they threw the first shot. They punched, they threw the first punch, and the Lakers couldn't respond. And, and Ibaka set the tone. I mean, 20 first quarter <laughs> points. I was like, what world are we living in right now, Josh, when Ibaka goes north of 30 points twice in a week? Well, it's funny is earlier tonight going into this game when we found out Kawhi Leonard wouldn't be playing, we all sort of agreed this has to be a a big game for the Raptors bench, for the depth to come through, step up, and it's got to be a a balanced effort. The bench was not good tonight. with the I mean, DeLon Wright bailed them out. JV JV was was solid. I mean, there's something... That's sort of what's off with the bench unit right now is they're funneling the ball a little bit too much through JV. And while JV's been very solid, so much of what made that bench great last year was how fast... they they played how much they moved the but ball. But the bench isn't the so they, story. No, no, tonight. no. So, well, that's sort of where I'm going with this. Is we we said for the Raptors to win this game, the bench has to be good. Fred's got to be good. Yep. CJ's got to hit his shots. Mm-hmm. Those guys weren't very good. Uh, CJ, Fred, Norm combined 0 for 14 from the field. But at the same time, as we were saying that, we didn't anticipate Sergi Baca hitting his first 14 shots, going 15 for 17, and scoring a career high 34 points. So I saw it coming. Did, did you know? <laughs> Come on. Come on. I, I, when he went for 30 in Milwaukee, I didn't see it coming. Yeah. It, like, literally, that start to the game where the Raptors are up 41 10, that set the tone for the rest of the night. The, the rest of the night was just cruise control, really, guys. You know, Kawhi Leonard didn't play tonight. And we know this is a good team without Kawhi Leonard. <laughs> yeah, we no know kidding. that they're a good team. But for them to beat them and play with such a force and tempo out the box without Kawhi Leonard, like. 
come on. That's that's something. It's more than something. <laughs> it just shows you the value, the internal growth of this team. Like, Kawhi Leonard is, like, the main story and has been with a lot of good reason. But really with this group, we're seeing internal growth by the by, by the minute. Well, let's go to the coach's comments. Here is Nick Nurse post game after the 121-107 win. Got out and ran the pace. Everything uh, worked well for you early. Yeah, we played played really hard, right? We, were, we really wanted to put some pressure on them, uh, get up and guard the ball hard and get out and run. And uh, obviously we did that and got off to an unbelievable start, really. The ability of Serge and Pascal to just be quicker than their bigs, how much does that factor into that transition? Um, I don't know if they're that much quicker, right? Maybe they were today on, yeah, yeah. A, on a back-to-back or something, but um, I don't know. We, we just played with great energy, and um, especially, you know, for the most part, for the first three and a half quarters or whatever, we played with great energy, and uh, um, it, was, it was everybody. You know, Pascal, OG did a great job on James. Pascal was pushing the ball. You know, um, everybody, it seemed, was, was in there trying to dig out turnovers out of the lane and get out and run with them. We got our hands again on a lot of balls. So um, we looked athletic and fast tonight all yeah. over the place, I thought. Yeah. I think Serge made 15 shots in a row. Just the kind of, yeah. the kind of night you never yeah. expect to pop up. That's pretty cool. That's, that's probably a career high for him. I don't, know, I don't know if it is or not, but that was, that was pretty cool. And, and the best thing is, is he's, he's doing it um, with some real good composure. Right, he's getting it in there, and there'll be some things going on, and he's taking his time. He's using his size, his power, using pretty good footwork. So it's you know it's something that we can go to. Nick, you talked about this earlier with Serge um, having the ability to play like a five man, and, and it seemed like tonight when there were mismatches, the ball found him down there, and he was able to finish. Yep, I mean if teams are going to play small like that, and um, they're going to switch, then we send him inside, and he can. You know, we can either hurt him with the post-up, deep catch, or hurt him on the glass, and he did a little bit of both. But again, I thought he did a good job of catching, being strong, being fundamental, making some good solid move, and patient. You know, pump fake, a couple guys would jump over him, he'd lay it in or, or whatever. So he did a nice job of getting position, catching, and finishing. How you part of the idea of playing it with the five was to be more, having been closer to the rim, be a little more aggressive. Uh, were you thinking that part of... You know, him being out on the perimeter as a four a lot was him maybe just floating a bit more, and this is kind of automatically making him be more aggressive. It's yeah, it's putting him in a lot better position to get offensive rebounds, obviously, because he's not floating on the perimeter, spacing up. Um, but he's also rolling a lot, uh, rim running a lot in transition. So yeah, it's it's putting him down there, and and right now it looks really good. I mean, Kyle's assist numbers are off the charts, and I I, I would bet a lot of those are going to surge. What would you feeling a little bit more comfortable in that starter's role and in, and in the game? I thought he played about just how we talked about before the game. I yeah. thought he gave a tremendous effort on defense, and his offense is just a little rusty, yeah. right? He, he took good shots. He made one really good drive, I thought, for a dunk, and that was about it. And, he, and, and other than that, I thought he did a great job on James, and we'll just wait. His offense will come, and it'll be there. Maybe, maybe tomorrow night he'll bang, he'll bang three of those threes instead of miss them all. Doug mentioned Pe- Pascal's energy level and stuff. How, how important is that skill to him and towards everything he does? And, and do you view energy as being a skill? Well, we, we, we talk about energy a lot, right? It's one of our, it's kind of one of our main pillars that we talk about. Um, playing with energy, conserving it now when we're done. So we're getting ready to, to, to have some again for tomorrow night. But on the court, what he's given us more than anything is versatility. Right, he's given us versatility to switch on defense because he can guard smaller people. 
He's given us ability when they put bigger people on him to give him the ball out on the perimeter and let him create, bring it in transition. So again, we're trying to create a versatile, versatile team so we can play against the other really good versatile teams in this league. And, and we're still a work in progress, but that's what we're shooting for. There are teams in this league where guys gripe um, about maybe falling in and out of starting lineups where yep. guys want that consistent five. Obviously, that's not you. Yep. Was that a hard sell in this room at all? Um, I wouldn't call it hard, but it wasn't. E it's not easy either, right? It's it's it's. Um, they've been really unselfish and pretty good about it. it. It doesn't mean that I haven't had a lot of meetings in my office with with certain guys. I mean, again, I've, I've said it, I've said it for months now or weeks at least that, hey, I want to start. I'd like to run out there in front of twenty thousand people and have my name name announced. I get it, right? I get it. Um, but so far, they've been pretty unselfish. And again, it's it's us trying to um, be more versatile. Um, and again, we, we got maybe eight starters and giving them all a chance to start once in a while. Do you think Pascal, when he gets going and in there spinning and twirling and screwing around, do you think he knows what he's doing? <laughs> I think he, um, we, have to, we have to believe he knows what he's doing because he, he ends up finishing most of those, right? But it does look improvised more often than not. I think he's reading what's happening. But once he turns his back and spins, usually it's something good, which, yeah. which, is, an, which is, again, it's, it's, uh, for me, it's neat to watch. When you guys flip those roll and have Pascal bring the ball up like you did in the third, do you think well, Kyle relishes that opportunity to kind of set those screens and kind of play the role of a pseudo big? Yeah, I mean, it's it was for us. Kyle, first of all, is a great screener, maybe one of the best in the league. Seriously, he's an unbelievable screener. But, you know, for me it was um, they're, they're rotating people around and they end up with their center on Pascal because for whatever reason, they want to switch our. They want to switch with Serge because he's got it going. So they put a smaller guy on him. So you know, we we try to make an adjustment back on him and put their big in, in some step up screens, and, and it worked out for a nice stretch there. Thank you. Yep. Thank you. Really good stuff with head coach of your Toronto Raptors, Nick Nurse, after the 121-107 victory over LeBron and the Lakers. Gareth Wheeler, Dwayne Watson, Josh Lundberg with you. Before we get to what you guys picked up on what head coach Nick Nurse had to say, a lot of it had to do with Serge Ibaka. And Nurse was kind of explaining some of the things that are happening on the court. Both of you guys have been around the team. What do you think has influenced this turnaround from Serge Ibaka? And it's been a distinct one this season from last one, guys. Last year he looked out of sorts, out of touch. Is it just changing of the position? Is it the way he's being coached? Is it the way that he mixes with this group? What is it that we've seen this huge turnaround? It's a bunch of things. So let's rewind to the playoff series. The sweep against Cleveland last year, he was terrible. He yeah. was bad. And there was a certain self-awareness there that I think the Raptors appreciated, and I think we should appreciate because a lot of the time you've got guys that are like, all right, it's not going so well right now, but I'm a, I'm a great player. It'll be fine. He, he, he knew that something needed to be done. He knew he needed to bounce he back after that. that. He acknowledged it, and he, he told us as much after one of those games against Cleveland. It was either game, game three or game one, the game that he was benched. Uh, he put in a ton of work over the summer, is my understanding, in Miami. And Nick Nurse went to visit him shortly after Nurse got the job. In He got the job in June. He went to see him in July. I saw Nick in Vegas the week after. And Nick told me about uh, 
the work that he, he saw Ibaka putting in, how impressive it was, but also he told me about their conversation that one, he told Serge that there's a strong possibility you might have to come off the bench this year, maybe not for the whole season, but some of it. That's the first time that he brought up the idea of coming off the bench and Serge was open to it. And then secondly, Nurse brought up the idea of playing center. Now, it's something that the Raptors have talked to Serge about before. They talked about it in his exit meeting after uh, two seasons ago. It was something they talked about when Serge signed that extension back a couple summers ago. Uh, But for various reasons, it never happened. The Raptors had a ton of depth at center, so even though they wanted to play him at the five, even though Serge himself wanted to play at the five, it just didn't happen. You could make that argument even this year. They've got a ton of depth at the five. Greg Monroe doesn't even play. But Nurse made a concerted effort to find a way to get him in at the five in training camp. Saw a little bit of it. Liked what he saw. And ultimately made the decision in camp to move him there full time. And it's worked for a lot of different reasons. The same reasons why I think we've all been saying now for at least a year that his ideal position is at center. Uh, right. His scoring is up. He's averaging a career high in points right now. And that's despite shooting, I think it's like 17% from three. He's not attempting very many threes anymore because being a center now allows him to do so many other things. He's scoring around the rim. He's uh, showing off a of mid-range game that we didn't really see much of the last few years. He's getting to the free throw line, uh, running the pick and roll. Defensively, it's keeping him closer to the rim. He's blocking shots. It's bringing out the best in him. He's playing like a $20 million player. Yeah. <laughs> he no, really is. And the key thing is also, like, you know, Coach Nurse has said that he's not floating on the perimeter anymore, and that's the thing that we talked about that Josh mentioned with him playing center. I mean, I looked at his numbers, three-point attempts when he first came for 23 games when he first got here, 4.5 per game. Last season, 3.9 per game. This season, 2.6 per game. Beginning of the season, we talked about Serge, and we said, maybe we have to manage our expectations this guy, but we don't like when Serge is taking those quick shots at the perimeter at three-point line, and he's out there not being able to rebound. And now he's in there on the pick-and-roll with Kyle, and we know how Kyle likes to find his big man. He did it with Biombo, does it with JV, does it, it with Bebe. So it's like, you work that two-man action with Kyle Lowry, he'll find you, and his assist number's up to show for it. And Serge is taking better shots, not rushing his shots, and he's also getting more rebounds. And then, just from afar, it looked like he was a little bit heavier the last two years. Like He looks in really yeah. good shape right now. Yeah, These things matter in this league. He's also, like, he's He's playing looser and more freely. Yeah, and it's interesting like because that. with expectations come pressure. So I want to compare him to Valanchunas a little bit because let's go back a couple summers ago. So this was before last season. Everybody was really down on JV, right? Because he was supposed to break out the year before. He didn't really, he sort of plateaued. Everybody was looking at his salary and, and the Raptors getting closer mm-hmm. and closer to the tax and saying, just dump this guy. Yep. And they tried. They tried to unload him a couple summers ago. And JV went into last season and the expectations were super low. I think from everyone, from the team, they were lower than they ever been. Uh, from fans, it was sort of just like, all right, well, he's just, he's expendable now. And JV, without very much in the way of expectations, and then also without pressure last year, went out and had himself a really good season. It sort of went under the radar a little bit because of how low the expectations were. And that's sort of the same situation with Ibaka this year. During the summer, uh, I mean, I'm not even sure how much they tried to unload his contract just because I think it was more or less untradeable. Couldn't do it. But fans were clamoring for the Raptors to just get rid of him. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, out out with the bathwater. And not without reason. 
That, that's the thing. No, no, like, absolutely. So the expectations coming into this year was like, all right, anything you can get out of him will be gravy. Expectations were low, and the pressure was low. And now here he is with Kawhi and, and Kyle and all these other storylines taking up the, the spotlight, yet he's just very quietly going about his business and playing Probably the best basketball of his career right now. Well, let's make it official. Uh, Sergi Baca is your player of the game, which is brought to you by Two for One. Get a large three-topping pizza with their deep, cheesy garlic loaf. Delicious. For just $17.99, call 241-0241. Ibaka, 15 of 17 tonight from the floor. Perfect from the free throw line. Ten rebounds, two assists, two steals as well. And a game best Plus 32 in the ball game tonight. You're going to hear more from Dwayne and Josh, their takes of what Nick Nurse had to say in his post-game conversation. We're going to go back inside the Raptors locker room. You're going to hear from Kyle Lowry, another big assist night, 15 more tonight in the Raptors victory. And what are our thoughts on the Los Angeles Lakers? LeBron and company struggled tonight. Luke Walton already on the hot seat. And LeBron went the Lakers are making that late run was nailed to the end of the bench. We'll get into all of that as our Raptors post-game show rolls on. Wheeler Watson Lewenberg with you right here on TSN 1050. There's going to be trouble. Siakam down the lane and rams it home. With no regard for anybody, Pascal takes it home that was emphatically. A, that was on LeBron. Oh, you know he knew that too. Break this or stop this and break your wrist or let me have it. Paul Jones, Jack Armstrong on the call. And that was the moment that's going to stick out to me the most from tonight's game. Siakam going down the lane and LeBron James saying, excuse me while I get out of the way. I don't want to be on a poster because Siakam's going to throw down. The fact that LeBron James decided to whoop step staged left and move out of the way of Siakam going down the lane. That speaks volumes. The the Raptors, listen, 42-17 after a quarter. They cruise to victory, 121-107 on this night. Gareth Wheeler, Dwayne Watson, Josh Lundberg with you. Is that what's going to stand out the most tonight? Like What's going to stand out the most to you? I know when you look at the body of the work, it's going to be a Baca career-high 34, but sometimes it's those moments that end up lingering and stay with you. If I'm looking at one play, that fourth that Pascal came at the basket with and LeBron was just like not interested in having any part of it. it also kind of speaks to the emergence of him as a player. I mean, we know that this guy is steadily been getting better. He does so many different things, but the confidence he has to take to the cup, whether it's spinning to the cup like Doug Smith was referring to with Nick Nurse, like he's his confidence, not even aggressive, the confidence he has, which is making him active and getting those buckets in pain. Another thirteen rebounds for him as well. Yeah. He had a career high fifteen the other night. And that's huge for a few reasons. One that wasn't really seen as a strength of his in the first couple of years of his career but also as long as the Raptors continue to play small that's going to be a weakness of theirs it might be the only weakness but it's still going to be a weakness Uh, they're not a great rebounding team they weren't even last year but then once you throw one big on the floor I guess two if you include Siakam but Siakam's not your traditional big man but if he's going to step up and give you 10 plus rebounds a game that's going to mitigate some of the concern when it comes to your your rebounding it's huge you have a game like this like Siakam did in Milwaukee or New Orleans or even Utah where they play tomorrow night 
It doesn't matter that much. But in L.A., when you're playing the Lakers, it's a bigger stage and the lights are brighter. I just feel like for Siakam and the team in general, a lot of Lakers fans, a lot of NBA people might have known that the Raptors are a good team. They're 8-1. and one, But you see them in action tonight without Kawhi Leonard. Doesn't that send even a bigger message? It does. Well, like, they they they, yeah. lo- they lost three quarters tonight. Yeah, but it didn't matter because it was. It, you're it, right. Context matters. Forty-two seventeen. Yeah. And you're saying come out and get us. We don't have to come out and get you. No, it, it's true. Yeah. It's, it's like the it's like in football where you get uh, get off to a exactly. big lead and you're just running out the rest of the game. And if you or do a good hockey, enough, it's the same thing. Yeah, Josh, yeah, yeah. it's in a lot of sports. So the the, the box score kind of lies that way because the Raptors that first quarter set the tone. And it was even the even their second quarter wasn't bad. The bench kind of struggled, but that Siakam dunk happened in that quarter, and LeBron James struggled all night. Yeah, and like that's, that's a key that one. matters. We talk about this Lakers team, and we talk about the Raptors key is slowing down LeBron James because the other team, does, the Lakers, don't have a, a go-to guy. They don't have the three-point shooting, and they made him work harder because he had to work hard on the defensive end and offensive end. And I think. That's a key when you can slow down the, the guy who who stirs the drink for this team and make them play catch up. And then he's got to force more shots or do more as opposed to like letting the game come to him. That's a problem for the Lakers. Yeah, I'm just underlining this as a statement victory tonight. And just before we get some of your thoughts on what Nurse had to say, a couple records here. Um, the, the Lakers were the first team in the last 20 seasons to trail by 30 plus in a first quarter at home. And entering tonight, the Lakers had trailed by 20 points plus in the season. They had not trailed by more than 20 points at any time. And they were trailing by the Raptors by 25 points at the end of the first quarter. The Lakers, as a franchise, their worst point differential in the first quarter in the shot clock era since 54-55. These are big numbers, and it shows you what how good the Raptors' start was. Tonight. I don't, I don't know if I, 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 I'm applauding what they did today for sure. I don't know if it's a statement one though. You don't think so? I think, I think the Raptors came out and did what they're supposed to do. They beat LeBron no James. No Kawhi Leonard, Dwayne. Come this on. is a good team with a Kawhi Leonard, man. I get it, but not, like, and I was saying that before the game started, I said they're going to win this game. I can still think this is a strong team with a Kawhi Leonard, and not to take anything away from him. This but, is a LeBron James team we're talking about but is, here. But you're the only one here, and uh, the three of us who thinks this, they're a good, they're a better team than they are. They're not that good of a team. But they have the best player on it the doesn't planet. Always mean you're going to. You win. don't think in LA today they're saying what the hell's wrong with their basketball team? Based on team? how they lost today, yes. But if this was a closer game where the Raptors didn't come out and kill them the way they did in the, in the first half. The Raptors still win. What, what, when did it all of a sudden? What, like, when did it come cool to just let LeBron James off the hook? Like, I, I don't, I don't get it. Want to like, jump in here? Any other, Not really. Any other team that LeBron James <laughs> plays for, they're expected to win. LeBron James goes to any team they're expected to win. Basketball. This is not they're four and six, this is not and they the got Cleveland stomped Cavaliers. at home court tonight, embarrassed. They're not. They're not very good. And here, okay, okay, I'll jump in. Here, here, here's my takeaway from this Lakers team. And to be honest, my opinion of them didn't hasn't changed in the last three hours. It's 2018. You can't be a great team in the NBA. You might not even be able to be a good team in the NBA in 2018. If you can't make threes, you've got to take a lot of threes and you've got to make a lot of threes. That's just the reality. And you can try fighting the trend all you want. It's not going to work. And we can talk about a couple of teams because I look at the 76ers in the East and Philly's going to win games just based on talent alone. Uh, and they're in the East, so they're a playoff team, clearly. But the Sixers are overrated because they can't shoot threes. The Lakers are overrated 
because they can't shoot threes. LeBron James especially, uh, around a guy like LeBron, you need guys that can shoot the ball. If for no other reason, then he sucks in so much of the defensive attention that you need other guys that can capitalize. It's not a coincidence that Cleveland had as many shooters as they did. That was done on purpose. It was done by design. Now, Magic Johnson decided that they were going to try something different with the Lakers this year. At least that's how he presented it. It was a great article written by Brian Winhorst about a month before the season started as everyone was sort of trying to figure out, well, why Lance Stevenson? Why JaVale McGee? Why Rajon Rondo? Magic Johnson said, and this is apparently what he presented to LeBron, you've always been surrounded by shooters. But when you're getting shooters at the cost in which you need to get them at, given how much the the top guys are making on your team, they can't do a whole lot else. They're one-dimensional players. They can't defend. They can't make plays. They're shooters. We're going to get guys that can defend, that can make plays and take some of the pressure off of you in those areas. Which is insane. Do they bring in Stevenson, McGee, Rondo? Like, are you kidding? Like, LeBron had to sign off on that. I think the thought process is that LeBron could bring out the best in these guys. These guys, (laughs) all those guys are definitely hit or miss and and they're, they're streaky guys. And it works 10 years ago, but it's not. It's 2018. So coming into today, the Lakers were 20th. I agree Josh. The Lakers were 20th in three-pointers made per game. Just over 10 per game. Got even lower today. They were, what, 6 for 24. 24. Here's where LeBron James Cavaliers teams ranked in that category over the last four years. Third, second, second, fourth. Right. And those Cavs teams had their holes. Again, you're relying on one-dimensional shooters around LeBron. So, they were terrible defensively. Uh, A lot of guys couldn't make plays, so it was the LeBron show, and LeBron had to play big minutes every night. That's just the way that it was. Okay, but tonight, They're trying to reinvent the wheel in L.A. with this Lakers team. It's not going to work. So, not so, in 2018. So I get all that. I, like, I, I, I totally, I, we're in agreement here, but you still have LeBron James on your team. When the Lakers made that run in the fourth quarter, I'm looking at the Lakers bench. The last guy on the bench furthest away from the coach is LeBron James, who only played 28 minutes tonight. It was a minus 16. When when even the Lakers were knocking on the door or trying to at least approach the house, LeBron James was nowhere to be seen. That doesn't seem right. That's downright weird. It's weird the fact that Walton isn't saying getting his best player when this team's making a run, and I don't know if Luke Walton decided he didn't want to put him in and reward the guys who were in there, or LeBron said no, but that's a concern. LeBron James should have been in the game as that team was trying to make a push at the end of the game. I totally agree. It's just weird. Some weird stuff going on with that team. Look, full credit to the Raptors for taking advantage because... Uh, as I mentioned, on, on, on a night where there's no Kawhi Leonard to deal with the threat that LeBron posts, they limit LeBron to his worst scoring night of the season tonight with OG Ananobi and Pascal Siakam, pre- predominantly the players who were switching and on him defensively on the night. And that speaks volumes. Two players that learned a lot last year. I don't think it's a statement win in the same way that maybe you do, Wills. I think the statement, though, is the Raptors are 9-1. and one. They have been at full strength. For one of those games, they've been without Kawhi Leonard for three of those games. Right. Their bench still hasn't looked like the bench that we remember it being from last year. And they might not be. You know, they, they And they might, might not, not be. be. So you, you've got all these factors working against them 
yet here they are at 9-1. and one. That's the statement here. Maybe not specifically about tonight and about this Lakers win and LeBron and all that. It's like big picture. After 10 games, I think we can start to evaluate it. It's small sample size caveat, sure, but the sample size is getting bigger. This is now a plateau. You've reached 10, you're 10 games in. You look at it, and again, with all the things working against them this early in the season, understanding, of course, that a lot of those factors are... are because the Raptors are prioritizing the end of the season over this part of the season, they're still 9-1 and one despite the fact that they've said, all right, we're, we're not going to rush Fred back from sure. an injury. We're not going to rush DeLon back. We're gonna sit, we're, they're, they're being smart with Kawhi, yet they're winning games decisively. I think that's the statement uh, more than anything else. Part of the reason why they have been winning decisively, their point guard's been phenomenal. Kyle Lowry again tonight, 21 points, had the last bucket, scoop shot high off the glass, but it's a 15 assist. The jump off the page, and Nick Nurse was basically gushing about Lowry in his post game talk. But let's, before we weigh in on Lowry, let's hear from Kyle and his post game conversation after the 121 107 victory. What did you make of Serge's performance tonight? He was unbelievable. In terms of just, you know, what he contributed, the career high, Lakers, you know, um, what, what did you see from his game tonight? He made a lot of shots. <laughs> Come on, I'm ready. I'm, I'm hot, I'm sharp, come on. Really, you got two questions. I'm gonna answer anything. Anybody got anything else to ask? What's your thoughts on you guys overall season so far? It's been well, we gotta continue to go. It's a long year. Kyle, when you guys flip it a little bit, Pascal's bringing the ball up in transition, you get to be the screener. You, you kind of relish those opportunities? To... Of course, he's got given different looks. You know, having uh, Pascal, you know, show off his skill, his skill set a little bit more. Um, you know, it just changes up for us. You know, it gives the team different looks, gives teams uh, th- different things to have to scheme for. And, uh, you know, with us, it's a really good thing you know, for us. And um, yeah, I think with Pascal's skill set, you know, he's one of the best in the league and, and, you know, bringing the ball up and making plays and, you know, it's good for him to have that confidence to do it and have us have the confidence in him to let him do it. And that's it. That's all that Kyle Lowry had to say. He was saying, bring it on, give me more. I like Kyle. that, Kyle. I like a happy Lowry. When Kyle's playing well and the team is playing well, he's one. Of, he's, he's a fun guy in the post-game scrums, that's for sure. We're not. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but the way that he's playing, and perhaps those 15 assists, he might be the guy, you know, the primary assist guy. But he's right when it comes to Siakam. There's so many other guys that can help him create. So he's not the only person. It's just his numbers are completely inflated because of how many playmakers are on the floor. Yeah, I mean, especially the fact that you have, like, you know, Fred still kind of trying to find himself. And DeLon, to extend this too, as well. So as a playmaker, you have a guy like Pascal who really can find other guys in the forward, just take that pressure off from where Kyle can still play off the ball a bit. Kyle Lowry's playing borderline MVP caliber basketball through 10 games. It's still early. I mentioned that earlier. We can use all the same small sample size caveats or whatever, but all we can evaluate is what we have to evaluate right now. And based on what we've seen through the early portion of the season, Kyle Lowry has been great, as good as any point guard in the NBA ten right now. Ten games is still a decent chunk. Yeah. You know, like early five, six, seven, eight, ten games, okay. You're starting to get he, a feel, right? He's recorded 15 or more assists five times in his 13-year career. Two of those games have come in the last week alone. So you add another 15 assists to his league-leading total tonight with only one turnover, by the way. Mm-hmm. Give him 116 assists 
in 10 games. That's 31 more than any other NBA player. Crushing it. The, the new NBA is wild, but Lowry is taking that to another level. Yeah. That That's what should be pointed out, that everyone's numbers are going to be more, but the way that the numbers that Lowry's putting up, I mean, he's doing it more and better than, than so many other guys who are really good at that in this league. And he's been ahead of the curve in that regard. I mean, he's been embracing this new NBA for a long time. Uh, of course, a part of the Houston Rockets organization at one point. And and he saw this coming. He worked on his three point shot. He's been one. Of, he was one of the first guys to acknowledge. All right, well, I need to shoot more because that wasn't his game early on in, in his career. He's become a high volume, high percentage three point shooter, and a guy that even though like you don't look at Lowry and think speed, but he's a guy that wants to push the tempo, that wants to play fast. You see him like that's one of my favorite Lowry moments when he gets irritated with the refs for not giving yeah. him the ball <laughs> to inbound. Yeah. Always ready for it. Always ready to push and he's a guy right now that's looking at the way the league is changing and all these trends in the NBA and is saying bring it on. I love that. Um, So Kawhi Leonard not starting, it didn't really have much of an influence on the Raptors. They came out guns a-blazing for the Lakers. They simply didn't react or respond. Let's hear from Luke Walton, the the Lakers head coach who has not been fired yet. (laughs) <laughs> Keyword yet uh, on how the Lakers reacted to hearing Kawhi Leonard would not play this night. You know that's always, uh, you know that's always plays out in my experience in, in these games, and I've played in a lot of these games, and I know what it's like to uh, to think, okay, what well, this game just got a lot easier, and. Uh, in my experience, unfortunately, most of the time that the player like Kawhi sits out, that team ends up winning, or at least they give a hell of a run. So, um, you know, we tried to explain that that's part of how this works, uh, but it doesn't seem like we uh, we took that to heart. Um, you know, there's a there's a sense of freedom and joy that comes when a top player like that, If obviously you don't want him to be hurt, but there's no pressure on you. You go out, you play free, and uh, I, I feel like that, I don't know that team well enough to, to know how they play every night, but they, they sure seem like they were doing that tonight, um, and they were tough. Luke Walton with the deepest of deep voices giving Dwayne Watson a run <laughs> for his money. I don't like the fact that he said, I don't know that team well enough. I mean... Your job is to either your staff or yourself to be prepared to know yeah. what this team is like. This team, Raptors team, didn't just start being a good team in Eastern Conference this year. They've been around for a while. And, I mean, when he's coaching the Warriors, he knew this team. The Raptors always play the Warriors well, too. So, I think knowing that LeBron James has knocked it to Toronto out of the playoffs for the last few years and knowing that this team is coming in, and, and I know I'm not trying to give you the statement thing, but I really felt this Raptors team knew without having Kawhi Leonard in this game that they were going to come up and say, that's fine. We got this. We're going to show them. And that's fine if your team thinks, oh, okay, well, you know, Kawhi's not there and they come out loose. After the first quarter, you have to figure a way to remedy this. You have to, like, I mean, not that there was an answer. <laughs> I don't know what he could have said. But after the first half at halftime, it's like, you've overlooked this team. What are you guys going to do to step up and, and defend home court here? Like, these guys are killing you without their best player. What I really like is, is the Raptors clearly got the message from that bad loss, their only loss. In Milwaukee. And you can see that the next night they bounce back immediately against yes. Philadelphia. But maybe you read more into this game because, like in Milwaukee, they didn't have Kawhi tonight. And we we sat here 
We sat in the studio across the hall, actually. But we sat in this building <laughs> after, that, after that Milwaukee game, and we sort of said, okay, well, we don't take a whole lot from a night like this because the Raptors were without three rotation players in uh, Kawhi, OG, and Fred Van Vliet. We didn't take a whole lot from it. But that doesn't mean that the Raptors couldn't or, or shouldn't. Um, they The message from Nick Nurse in the room after that game was there are lessons here, specifically on the defensive end that we need to take and we need to learn from. We, Our effort needs to be a whole lot better in a game like this on the road without Kawhi. And they responded today in, in a game also without Kawhi, right? Because they came out. And it wasn't just the offense that was clicking. Defensively, the energy and the effort was there as well. So that, again, is, is part of that statement for me is, is the bounce back after really their only, their only no-show performance so far this year. Uh, the Raptors improved to 9-1, the best start in franchise history. There's, that's a no-doubter. And they're taking on the Utah Jazz without their best player and Donovan Mitchell, who is out tomorrow night with a sprained ankle. Uh, so the Raptors uh, play the tail end of the back-to-back tomorrow night. You can listen to that right here on TSN 1050. You're going to hear from LeBron James next. Some big praise for the Toronto Raptors. Uh, got a good look at them. Knows them well from the past and saw the new and improved version here tonight. And how I absolutely owned the coach, Jack Armstrong, and how I told them to get his garbage out of here. All that coming up next right here on the Raptors post-game show. Wheeler Watson, Lewenberg with you. TSN 1050. Feed your Leafs need with Leafs Lunch and Andy Petrillo every weekday from 11 to 1 on TSN 1050. The Leafs live here. Definitely got to give them credit. Your credit where credit is due. They've been playing um, you know, like they're you know, the best team in the, in the Eastern Conference so far. Um, and, uh, you know, they just came out and just hit us right in the mouth. And, you know, it's going to be very, very hard to uh, make a game out of that when you're trying to expend so much energy trying to get back into it. There is LeBron James tipping his cap to the Raptors in their first quarter effort tonight, outscoring the Lakers 42-17 through 12 minutes of play. Raptors go on to continue to smack the Lakers in the mouth. It was a 127-107 final. Wheeler, Watson, Lewenberg with you. We talked to Baco, we talked Siakam, we talked Lowry. What else stood out to you tonight? I mean, Josh, you're kind of mentioning about the lack of production from the Raptors bench. Van Vliet, Powell, Miles combined for just three points. Valanchunas and Wright, they were decent, but really it was a starting five in this group, Green, Lowry, Ananobi, Siakam, Ibaka, that really did the damage. Yeah, and I guess if we talked Siakam, Ibaka, and Lowry, the next logical player to talk about is Danny Green, and he's maybe the guy that we don't talk about because he's always the third or fourth best player, but that's the point, right? He's never he, the the seventh, eighth best player. He, he's steady. He's rock solid. He's consistent. He always shows up, and he's always doing something, even if the shot isn't falling, and we haven't seen too many games where the shot hasn't been falling. He's been consistent in that regard as well, but if 
the offense isn't clicking. You know he's going to be bringing it defensively. And today, on a night where the Raptors didn't shoot the three ball especially well, just 10 for 35, Danny Green had half their threes. He had five of them. So I, I thought another really solid game for somebody that's becoming one of the Raptors' really reliable role players. Danny Green is kind of a guy we, you know, in the trade, everyone obviously looks at Kawhi, doesn't look at Danny Green. And Danny Green didn't have a good last season. He hasn't been so great from three. Came out, like you said, he was hurt, right? Yeah, like, he, was, he, was, he was apparently injured. But I think the fact that, you know, you need Danny Green to defend and shoot threes. And he's doing both of those. And, I, and the fact that he's on the floor... The defense is have to respect him because he can knock down that three-point shot, but he can give it to you on both sides of the floor. And he's also one of the leaders in this ball club, so he's a guy we're not always going to be talking about in a post-game, but he's a guy that's very, very valuable to this team and what he brings. But he's a guy that everyone will be talking to because he's just so damn good, Yeah, right? Exactly. One of the best quotes on the team, and really yeah. with, with C.J. Miles and Fred Van Vliet, like those are the elite talkers. Those are the guys <laughs> that we go to <laughs> after games. But he, he reminds me of a player, an, an, another Raptor that doesn't really come up in conversation too much as being a great Raptor but one of the better role players they've ever had. He reminds me of Anthony Parker, a guy that just super solid, super steady, 3-and-D role type guy. And you need those guys to win. I mean, Anthony Parker was a part of some really good teams when the Raptors were were winning divisions with Chris Bosh and and, and those teams. It's a a good comparison. The the only difference, Danny Green's won a title, right? Like, he knows what it takes. Exactly. Yep. No offense to the Israeli league, but like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, no, it's true. It's a, you, it's a good conference. You need those guys because I thought the Raptors last year were missing players, that, that veteran guy that had been around, that knew, that knew how to win. And I think it really showed in the playoffs last year when the team was sort of just relying on Lowry and DeRozan to be the leader. You need those other guys that might not be the best player on the team, but a, a, a voice on the court and in the locker room, somebody that's been through it. And now they have a guy in Kawhi who is their best player who's been through it, but a little bit more of a quiet leader. And then Danny Green, who is more vocal, who isn't. I mean, you don't want that guy to be the 15th guy on, on the yeah, team, no. on your bench. They've had that before, and they brought in like a guy like Chuck Hayes, who's a veteran, who's experienced and all that. Love Chuck. Love Chuck, too. But you, you want a guy who's still putting in the minutes, productive. still productive, that can be that voice, and they have that in Danny Green. Uh, I thought it was fitting on this being the 25th anniversary of the Raptors officially being given an NBA franchise that Kyle Lowry breaks the 24-year record of consecutive games with 10 more assists. So, congratulations to Lowry tonight. I just got a c- couple more notes that we want to just touch on really quickly. JaVale McGee is absolutely trash. <laughs> I, I don't want to hear anything I can't believe more. you didn't lead with that. My God, he is bad. And look, I, I, this Lakers team, they're going to be under pressure to potentially make some moves. LeBron James is thirty, turning 34 this year. I know I know they, got, they want to preach patience, and next year they might be able to add that second fiddle, but the expectation is that this Lakers team is in it to at the very least be competitive. Four and six is simply not going to cut it. So whether that means bailing, trading some young players, like, look, when you sign LeBron James, you sign to win. You don't sign him so he can do HBO lame shows or develop some like post playing career Space Jam film. too. Yeah, like that's not why you bring him to that organization. You bring him there to win. Get and Jordan, something that's get Jordan not Clarkson right. back. Trade for Jordan do Clarkson. Something. So I'm going to be Hood. highly critical of this Lakers team. Look, when the bright lights shine upon you, you welcome everything that comes with it, and that includes criticism as well. So 
That's all I got to say. Uh, Let's take a couple minutes next to look at tomorrow night against Utah. It'll be like a pre-preview show and how I just simply owned the coach Jack Armstrong tonight. Okay, that's coming up. Raptors win 127-107 right here on TSN 1050. Raptors' third game on this Western swing goes tomorrow night. You can listen to it right here on TSN 1050. Raptors, Utah Jazz coming your way pregame at 8.30 p.m. Eastern time across the TSN radio network as they look for win number 10 of this early NBA season. Gareth Wheeler, Dwayne Watson, Josh Bloomberg with you. Utah, one of the better teams in the Western Conference, but they're going to be without Donovan Mitchell. Where does the threat come from in this Utah team, which in fairness is underachieved to start the season? They're only at, sitting at 4-5. and five. Yeah, they lost the last three games too, so they're not as strong as they, was what you would project them to be in the standings. Um, Rudy Gobert has obviously been a defensive presence, but he's also given them some offense as well. But not having Donovan Mitchell is going to be key for them. I mean, you've got a lot of different guys in Joe Ingles and whatnot, but um, I like the, for the Raptors to continue their streak on the road in the West Coast right now with the, with the wins. That, that's where a lot of their offense comes from, but they're also a system team. They, they move the ball. They're pretty balanced offensively. And defensively, they're really strong as well. Uh, the Raptors, of course, will be in the second game of the back-to-back. Maybe you get Kawhi Leonard back, which would be a big help. He's traveling with the team. He is traveling with the team. They have in the, his status for tomorrow is to be determined. Uh, but either way, I don't think you, you go into this one even without Donovan Mitchell and say this is an easy win necessarily. Utah, a hard place to play, a mm-hmm. good team. As I said, a system team, well coached. So it, it'll be it'll be an interesting one for the Raps. I hated that loss to Utah last year with Ricky Rubio hitting the wide open yeah. three. Yeah, you, you know, you, you lost that game it. at home. I did not like that loss. So revenge is a be- you know is a meal better uh, served up cold. So. Yeah. And Ricky Rubio is actually one of the offensive guys on that team too. Now, oddly enough, he came in the, he came in the NBA as a playmaker. But yeah, they're a system team. But you know, I think this team, Raptor team, should look at anyone and say, "Hey, this is a winnable game, especially off a of back-to-back." Look out for Joey Ingles, Ingles, one, one, one of my personal faves, the modern-day Joe Wolf of the yes. NBA. <laughs> love my, love me some Joe Wolf. Um, so a little bit of conflict. Uh, on the program tonight. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. It all dated back to March 21st of last year, a night in Cleveland where the Raptors were taking on the Cleveland Cavaliers, a broadcast right here on TSN 1050. The Raptors had got off to a hot start. They poured 79 points in on LeBron James in the first half and had a 15-point halftime lead. And here's what the interaction between myself and Jack Armstrong sounded like going back to Cleveland at halftime. Let's go back there to Cleveland because it's not Cleveland because there's simply no D. Here is Paul Jones and the coach Jack Armstrong with your second half call. Gentlemen. Garrett, don't be talking too much smack. There's uh, 24 minutes left in a game here. So, oh, uh, I'm hyped, Jack. I'm ready for this. I've been ready for this for weeks. 79 points with Toronto in the first half, only 39 in the second half. So there is a D in Cleveland. Wheeler, it's my boy. You're my boy. But please don't talk smack anymore. It was a tough night. A 132-129 loss for the Raptors. So tonight, another big half of basketball against LeBron James. I was feeling confident, so I went back to the well again. 
So I'm going to say this. It's going to be a guaranteed win tonight for the Toronto Raptors. How about that, Paul Jones and Jack Armstrong? That Kobe brought out the 81. Didn't our friend Mr. Skorsky bring out the salami and cheese a little early? And I'll tell you what. You're not supposed to beat your kids. But if, if, if Gareth was my son... I beat his butt right now. <laughs> Send him to his room. <laughs> but hey, halfway it's a, it's, a, it's a free country. Everyone's entitled to their idiotic opinion. But uh, halfway, Garrett. That's halfway. all I can say. I love Garrett though. Garrett's I my do guy. Too. Hey, he's my guy. So I got a message for you, Jack Armstrong. Everyone's get- entitled to their idiotic opinion. Jack, get that garbage out of here. Jack's your real name. Your last name might be Armstrong. I am just strong, so just bring it. It's Wheeler 1, Armstrong 1. Leave it at that. Everyone's entitled to their idiotic opinion. <laughs> I owned you tonight, Jack. I owned you. So is you. he going to be spanking you on air? or, or? <laughs> Not going to be spanking me at all because I crushed that prediction. <laughs> We're one one. We'll do this it's such again. a bold prediction that the Raptors were going to win up what twenty three at the half. Do you know or? what? Was... You know, Jack might say hello. I say goodbye to his horrible takes. Wow! So there you wow! Go. Wow! Over recording. Let's get this rivalry. Yeah, this is all a this. Jack will know. Jack Jack will receive this message. Everyone's entitled to their idiotic opinion. Even Jack Armstrong. <laughs> Good stuff tonight, boys. Dwayne Watson, Josh Lunarbeek, Berg, see, see you tomorrow. Yes, sir. I'm all tongue-tied. It's just I don't Late usually night, win. <laughs> I am not okay with this Jack Armstrong slander. I'm on Team Jack. Yeah, of course you are, turncoat. I'm riding with you, Will. <laughs> and on studio with you. We'll see you tomorrow night if Josh Lunarbeek shows up. <laughs> da, da, da. Team Jack. Uh, at Dwayne Watson, at JLU1050. Raps, Jazz tomorrow night. Right here across the TSN radio network. I want to thank JP, Tyler, great work tonight. Stefan, you as well. On behalf of everyone here at TSN 1050, I am Gareth Wheeler. Raptors win. Raptors win. Enjoy the rest of your night, Toronto. Everyone's entitled to their idiotic opinion.